Welcome to the Excel Still More podcast. I am your host, Chris Emerson. I'm here to encourage you in your walk with God. Thank you for joining in. Today's podcast is sponsored by a wonderful company, Creation to Revelation. This group of Christians believe it is extremely important that we teach the Word of God to our kids. They have original graphic illustrations from the beginning of the Bible to the end, featuring the beautiful and consistent presence of Jesus throughout. You can explore all of that at creationtorevelation.com. I'm so thankful you're here, so let's get started. Hey, welcome back. So today, let's jump right into the title. I want to talk to you about where you are. I'm interested to know how you assess emotionally the state and condition of your life as it is in this exact moment. Maybe the best way to do that is to just ask you a few questions. So first of all, how are things going? When you look at where you are right now, what is your attitude about that? Now, there's no question that if you and I were sitting down and you were really pouring out your bucket on what your life is like, you would list both positive and negative things, at least I'm assuming. You could tell me about things that are going well, about strong relationships that you have, maybe a deep abiding sense of purpose for your life. And of course, you no doubt could tell me about issues with your health or someone you love, or maybe a few things that haven't gone your way. Everyone's life is like that. But when all of those pieces come together to make you, today, exactly in the life you're living, how do you feel about that? Do you feel a lot of shame or regret? Do you feel like your life is not what it could be or should be, and so it's not good? Now, certainly, if you are outside of the graces of Jesus Christ, those negative emotions are drawing you to him. But one of the initial things I want to tell you today is that if you are redeemed and repurposed in Jesus, even though there are negatives, some of your own doing and others out of your control, the child of God remains filled with gratitude. Just like the world, when great things are happening in your life, you're grateful except we are directing all of that to God. But even when things are difficult, unpredictable, or unfair, by faith, we even find joy in that, because in some way it serves the purposes of the one who has saved our soul. Ultimately, when you're done today, I want you to be able to look at your life right now. Even though you could tell me you need to go out and start jogging again, or there are some major changes you need to make, you can tell me where you are right now is a blessing from God and a life designed by God to be lived for God. And that brings this deep sense of peace into everyone's life, no matter where you are right now. Now, I want all of this discussion today to go beyond just assessing the present moment. So let me ask another question. What are the major events in your past that have brought you to where you are now? If I asked you to look back at things that happened in your life that led down this present road, what are some of the things you would share with me? Now, again, it would be a combination of positives and negatives, wouldn't it? You might say, well, I married this person and things went really well. Or you might say, I married this person and things did not go well. 
I chose this occupation, or I chose to move to that location, or I chose to burn this bridge or build that one. We all have stories like that, and it is doubtful that someone would list for me 10 incredible things. And if they did, I would probably say they're not being honest. Sometimes we say we love where we are now, and we love everything that's happened up till now because we're covering for the truth. The truth of it is a mixed bag of events for every person. So for me, listening to you, it wouldn't be as much about the things that you listed it would be more about the tone in which you shared them. Are you grateful for all of those things that happened? Did you see the hand of God when you got the things that you wanted and even when you didn't? Did you feel like God was protecting you, watching over you, and guiding you? It blows me away to hang out with these Triumph Village guys. You've heard me mention them before. We have a handful of new converts from this facility, this voluntary facility for rehabilitation from drugs. These guys have the worst stories imaginable. And when you ask them to tell their stories, there's this interesting, almost odd acceptance and positivity in their tone. And the reason is, even though they didn't know it then, they now believe that God was always there. And of course, their past, with all of its turns, leads to their present, where they are now. And that's when the smiles come all the way across their faces. Every child of God should be living with those same smiles. It's like the gospel preacher Mark Roberts used to say, we ought to be the most optimistic people in the world. We make lemonade out of lemons, we fall in the lake, we get out and check our pockets for fish. Because while it did not all work out like we wanted, it worked out how God decided. And that includes the combination of the blessings that he chose to give you and the challenges that he elected to leave in your path. You might think it's a little odd for us to spend time looking into the past. We talk in many of these episodes about where you are and where you're going. Everyone listening right now who understands their present purpose and their future destination is going to be fine. But there's a reason why we have to look back at the different things that happened in our past and how we felt about them and processed them and how we allowed them to affect the level of gratitude in our hearts. Because look, there is a high likelihood that today will be a part of your past before you know it. That someday very soon there will be an unpredictable turn that will become a part of shaping the future you. And if we have let difficult things rob us of our joy and purpose and sight of God in the past, it may happen again. So it becomes important that you can take a moment and look at all of those things that have shaped where you are and give thanks. Give thanks that God was there. Give thanks for the times he told you yes and also no. And then to look at exactly where you are right now and once again, give thanks for the goodness of God. And just like the Apostle Paul, don't be someone who needs it to be exactly how you want it before you understand that God has you exactly where he needs you to be. God has work for us to do. He puts us or allows us to be in certain places to do his work. So take a little time this week and do something we don't usually advise. 
Look back. Own what happened. See God in all of it. And be grateful that you live, that you live here and now around these people because God loves you and he finds you valuable and he still has incredible work for you to do. Summer and I were going through a discussion of our past this morning. Scott and Jenny Murph are some of our very best friends. We met them back in 2007 when we moved to Baytown, and they've rented a cabin up here in Lindale for the month, so we've been able to hang out a lot. And this morning over coffee, it was just Summer and me in the living room, and we were talking about how when we first met them, we both had two sets of kids. They had Abby and Jack, we had Luke and Hannah, and their ages were similar, and we did a lot of stuff together. Both of the families felt like we had exactly the number of kids that we needed, and now it was just about raising them. But that's not exactly how it worked out. In fact, pretty much ever since then, it's been a roller coaster of emotions on how many children the Emersons were going to get. Somewhere around 2009, we found out that Summer was expecting, which was a major surprise for us both. It took us a couple of weeks to come to grips with three instead of two when she had the most terrible pain in her stomach. We got in the car and rushed around Baytown looking for a hospital that would take us, and we eventually drove very quickly to the women's hospital in Houston to find out that she had an ectopic pregnancy. Her egg was in the tube, not in the right place, and things were going bad in a hurry. It was probably the most scared I've ever been, maybe even still to this day. So they helped her with her pain in the moment, and shortly after, she was going in for a surgery in Baytown. The doctor asked us, do you want me to tie that other tube while I'm in there? And we said, yes. We were cash pay, and she said, well, it's going to cost this much, and I paid it. And just before they were taking her back for that procedure, we looked each other in the eye, Summer and me, and we thought, that may be a mistake. So we reversed that charge, and they went in and took out one of her tubes to repair from the ectopic and left the other one viable. We didn't really know why we did that at the time, and I wasn't really thinking clearly. I just wanted her to be okay. But not many months later, everything just kind of flipped. We wanted another child. But after months and months, nothing happened. So she goes to the fertility doctor, and the doctor checks her out and says, you are in bad shape. That other side has multiple problems, and likely you'll never have another child. And she came home crying and very upset, and we were trying to come to grips with what we really wanted. So we went back to the fertility doctor a second time to talk about our options. And if you've ever been in that room, you know what it's like. Your options are pay lots and lots of money for a fairly low percentage chance that we can get this done. So we drove home, and she cried, and it was just a really tough moment in our lives. But we found out a week later that she was pregnant, and she had actually been pregnant with Nicholas during both of those appointments. So in the ups and downs of that, we saw God at work, and we had a son. Everything was perfectly right in the world. Three was the number. Until two years later, when Ella was born. So I guess maybe four was the number. I really give a lot of credit to Scott and Jenny for remaining our friends because we had like the two kids apiece and everything was under control and then all of a sudden we're just introducing these variables to the friend equation. So we have four children spread out, 
two of them born in 2001 and 2003, and then two more in 2011 and 2013. Everything plugged along pretty well until 2019, when she and I were in Waco for a few days. So we stopped in at a Target before going and seeing a movie, and I didn't see her for a while, and she got in the car very quiet, and we were in the movie parking lot, and she shows me this pregnancy test. We're having number five. I remember somewhere around 0% of that movie. I just kept thinking, I'm old. Like, I'm 40 years old. This is crazy. And this was actually during the time I was recording podcasts, so I've probably told you about it before. But we cut our little getaway short and made a doctor's appointment and came back into town, and the doctor gave her a quick test and also took some blood. And the first test came back, and the doctor came in and said, I don't know what was going on with that test you took at Target, but you're not pregnant. So we drove home from the doctor kind of laughing some and crying some and thinking, that's insane, like, how would that have gone? And we get home, and the doctor calls and says, okay, we got your blood test back. Sorry for the mistake, but you are definitely pregnant. And even now, three years later, I'm not real sure I've got the words to express how the rest of that day went. So you always want to be grateful for gifts from God, but have you noticed that they don't always fit the life that you think is already the gift from God? So for the next week or so, we were working this out in our mind, praying a lot, and getting excited about the prospect of a number five. When we go back to the doctor and he says, you have another ectopic pregnancy. He told us how astronomically unlikely that was, but that she needed to have another surgical procedure. This time, at least, she wasn't in agonizing pain, so she went in and had that done, and thankfully, she's okay. I don't know if I'll ever see that doctor again, but I think the last thing I asked him was, what is the likelihood she could still get pregnant? And he said, well, she doesn't have tubes on either side, so normally I would say zero, but in your case, I guess I don't know. And honestly, I couldn't tell if he was serious or not. I was thinking, you don't know? Like, you're a doctor. We kind of need to know this. But I guess as the last few years have gone by, I've thought, you know, maybe we don't need to know that. I mean, the story I just told you had a lot of unpredictable twists and turns. There were some terrific highlights, some devastating days, with days of laughing and days of crying, and sometimes both in the same day. We were talking this morning about how the Emerson story could have included as little as two kids or as many as five, but God saw four, and four is what we've been given. And I think we could tell you that our hands were raised through most of those days. Like, God, we don't know. We don't know what is right. We don't want to limit what you're doing, and we certainly don't want it to look like our life is only a blessing when we get what we want. We look back in thankfulness for the road that brought us to where we are. And while where we are could easily be somewhere else, with a different number of children, in an entirely different place, where we are is not some lesser or greater alternative to how we planned it. And I hope you never think that way about your life. I hope you don't say, it could have gone this way or that way, and I feel like things went the wrong way, and I'm living some lower-level alternative to a blessed life. You and I have too much faith in the hand of God 
for an attitude like that. Summer and I are grateful every day for the lives that we have, though admittedly, if we had drawn it up on paper, it probably would look different. This is where God has put us. Where we are is where He needs us to be. The children we're raising can make a difference in the work that He has to be done. And my prayer today is that you can recall stories not unlike the one I just told you about our children. The memories may make you smile or cry. But God is always at work, and He is always positioning you to help Him do the work. So I'm asking you to praise God today. Thank you, Lord, for the broken road that has brought me to you. Thank you for keeping me on this road. Thank you for where I am, for who I am, for what I can do. I trust that you have work for me to do. And this is the life and the place in this life where you have stationed me to do it. I've asked this question a few times in sermons. Which would you choose if you could choose for everything to go your way and to get everything you ever wanted, but you knew you were not in the position that could glorify God the most? Would you reject that life and take one where you didn't always get what you wanted and people didn't always behave like they should have but you are precisely aligned with God's providence for your good and for His glory. If you're in Christ, that's exactly where you are. And a good attitude about where you are and the road that has transpired to get there, the value of that is that it positions you in faith, in heart, and in sight to see what God wants to do with your life starting right here and right now. This made me think of Esther. Do you remember her story? She was born into a nationality that was oppressed by a stronger nation. She was made to wed the king of that great nation. Many negative things happened in her life and against her will. Ultimately, she was positioned where the entire Jewish people were going to be annihilated if she did not put her life on the line and go before the king and beg for mercy. The text says that she prayed, but she didn't pray in lament over all of the terrible things that have happened to her or how unfair it was for her to be placed in this position. She prayed for the courage to understand the value of exactly where she was in that moment, where God had put her, even in a troubled place, to do an incredible thing, and then she did it. Listen, God has incredible work planned for you, but that starts with you accepting, appreciating, and even embracing where you are. Thank you so much for joining in today. If you enjoyed this program, consider sharing it with your family and your friends. As always, you can go to excelstillmore.life to sign up for the email, order the three-month journal, or just catch up on old episodes. And also, if you are looking for financial advice or future planning, give John Cunningham a call today, 205-913-1720. And remember this, whatever you choose to do today in the name of the Lord Jesus, excel still more.